Blog Talk Radio. So God, it's faith-based. It's so you're involved with faithism, not atheism, right? It was that you said, saying that you know, a lot of Christians, um, they maybe text or they maybe email you, and you know they was pretty much scared of you. And I said, oh, okay, a challenge, okay. No, I believe the Bible. I don't believe the Bible saying that slavery is okay because it gives instructions about how to handle slavery. Andrew, that's faith. You just said you accept evolution, evolution theory. So that's faith. You got faith in a theory. By any chance, are you gay? Uh, what do you think about bow totes? Hello, everyone. Hello. Thank you so much for joining me here again on the Atheist Roundtable. I am your host. My name is Andrew Garber. Follow me on Facebook, like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable on Facebook, and you can get access to exclusive uh, uh, Facebook exclusive uh, pre-show where I just am going to talk about just random stuff in my life. That's what I'm going to use the pre-show for. That's your incentive to go and like the fan the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable. Send me a friend request. I'll share it on my page. You'll get to see that. The audio quality on Facebook is a little bit better for my voice than it is here on Blog Talk Radio because that's just the way it is. Tonight, I'm going to pick up where I left off, kind of, with my deconversion story last week. Now, last week I talked about what happened at Jesus Camp, and I realized that I kind of left something out. I need to go back just a little bit, just right before Jesus Camp, to kind of give you an idea of, of what happened going into it. Last week, during my story, I said that Jesus Camp, or the Christian Awakening Retreat, which is what it was actually called, that that Christian Awakening Retreat was really going to make or break me as a Christian. I kind of knew that going in. And the reason that I knew that going in is because I had had these questions nagging at me for a long time. Like, these questions about God's existence were not brand new. It's not like they started at the Christian Awakening Retreat. When they started, I was going to a private nuns and priests and teachers and all these people available to me. All those nuns and teachers and priests really didn't have any answers for me, but I also had by extraordinarily devout Catholic parents to turn to. Okay, so when I talked to my parents about it, my mother decided that one thing that we could do is we could start having Thursday night Catholic catechism classes at my house. All right? My mother wanted to make sure that I hadn't just missed something in one of my religious classes. And I honestly thought at the time that that's exactly what had happened. I mean, here I am, a sophomore, junior, senior in high school. I've been going to Catholic school all of my life. How could I have possibly not just picked up the definitive proof that God was real and Catholicism was right? How could I possibly miss that? It must have been that I was just falling asleep one day in class, and I just missed something along the way. So we started having these uh, Catholic dogma classes at my house, uh, and my mother was for real, real, that these classes were my idea, that these ideas were, were mine, and we wanted to start these things. Now, we talked about all kinds of stuff in these classes. Right. We, we would talk about uh, the order of angels, the classes of angels, the different levels of hell, and all kinds of other things that really only exist with 
nutrition and birth control, right? And I have to say that at the time, at this time, I was probably the most pro-life, anti-abortion person that I knew, right? What, okay, okay the, the most second to my mother, right? So this evening when the instructor is talking about, uh, anti- uh, about abortion, about birth control, he's saying that uh, we, need, we, need, we as Catholics need to make sure that we are populating the earth. Right? We want to make sure that the earth is populated. You and I today might say, but the earth is already overpopulated. We've got too many humans on the planet. And the instructor was ready for a counter-apologetic to that argument. Now, he said that there was no such thing as overpopulation. In fact, he told me that the entire population of the earth would fit into a landmass the size of the state of Texas and have, and every person would have an acre to themselves. Now, that's important, right? That's super important because the instructor just made a statement that I could fact-check myself, right? And, and keep in mind that this is way back before the internet. In order to fact-check this, I actually had to go to a library, look things up in encyclopedias, use the Dewey Decimal System, right? The library was a bike ride away from my house, so it's not like it wasn't something that I couldn't do. It was totally within the possibility for me to go to the library and look these things up and find out, right? I just went to the library. And... I could find the population of the Earth according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, uh, the last printing that the library had. I could find the size of Texas. That's not going to have changed in any version of the Encyclopedia. And I can do the math and find out that this is wrong. Now, you probably didn't need to do any math in order to figure out that was wrong. But at the time, this was real. The first time ever that I heard a fact from a religious student telling me some Catholic doctrine, some Catholic doctrine, and I write it to the library, I fact check. Now, I have to say that uh, here in the age of the internet, fact checking is a lot easier. And today, I can find out that my instructor, if you can call it that, actually got his information from the Population Research Institute. See, I can find that on the internet. I can actually discover where he got his facts, too. Now, the Population Research Institute is a Catholic organization, and as you can imagine, they have an agenda for putting out this kind of false information. Now, it's important because once I realized that the only bit of falsifiable information that I had ever gained from a Catholic class was, in fact, false, then I had a hard time believing anything else. Look, if you're willing to lie about facts that I can research, 
what's to stop the lying about facts that I can't? Order of angels, or the levels of hell, or the degrees of sin. How am I going to be able to trust anything that you say when I can't fact check it because it's not in the Encyclopedia Britannica? You know, at the time, this was earth shattering, okay? This rocked my doggone world to its core. Everything that I'd ever thought I'd ever known about religion was based on the fact that I could trust the people giving me the information. And here's a bit of information that is decidedly false, not even close. By, and, and by not even close, let me just share with you what I found back then, right back, the, the population of the earth is about 6.8 billion. area of Texas is 286,000 square miles. A square mile is the equivalent of 640 acres. Mass, one person equals 0.027 acres per person. That's not even close to... One. That's why when I went going into Jesus, I was thinking to myself, I need this event. I need this experience. This experience needs to just bring me to Jesus. I wanted it to bring me to Jesus. I wanted that to happen. And again, that's why when I heard a story about someone leaving Catholicism, coming back to Catholicism, that was inspirational to me because that was exactly the journey that I thought I wanted to take. That's exactly what it was going to happen. So, uh, a bit of fact-tracking there, but I'm going to move on. So I'm going to move on from that. Uh, from Jesus Camp, then, I left Jesus Camp, or the uh, Christian Awakening Retreat. I call it Jesus Camp now. It's really... It was awful similar, but it wasn't exactly the same. I left the Christian Awakening Retreat realizing that I was going to have to leave Catholicism. Okay. Catholicism was not going to be my religion anymore. But at the time, I had zero knowledge of any other religion, right? Not even other Christian religions, right? There's thousands of other Christian religions. All I ever knew was Catholicism. And the only thing I ever knew about was that they were wrong and Catholicism is right. That's all I ever knew. So I guess I guess it was just natural that I, that I started looking at what I thought was the opposite of what I knew. I mean, I didn't even understand what that meant, right? Because the first thing I looked at was Buddhism. <laughs> How is that the opposite of Christianity? I don't know. Now, I didn't get into Buddhism very much, right? I mean, I liked I liked the fact that when I thought of Buddhism, I thought of a happy fat guy, right? And that just seemed to be a lot nicer than this morbid crucifix that I associated with my old thing, right? But I guess I guess Buddhism was just very foreign to me. I guess I just never got it. I guess it just it wasn't for me, all right? So from there, I go on to Hinduism, right? 
I, I thought Hinduism was going to be better, uh, but it, it also just super foreign to me. Never really saw the similarity that people say is supposed to exist between Jesus and Krishna. Um, at, at the time, I, I forgive me, okay, forgive me, but at the time, I thought Krishna was seems to resemble Muhammad from Islam more than Jesus. I just let my silly past self go on that one, okay? Uh, I, I really don't know what gave me that impression. Maybe because they both seem kind of lecherous? Krishna did seem pretty cool. A horny blue dude with a flute really is. <laughs> way, but ju- he just seemed as real as, say, Zeus or Hercules, right? Right about then is uh, where I started looking into Islam. Now, Granted, at the time, I guess Islam uh, didn't have the horrible image that it has today, okay? But nonetheless, I kind of found it a bit uh, adversarial, I'll say. Okay, I didn't get much further than the covering up that women are supposed to do. That just seemed bizarre to me for some reason, even though it's exactly the same kind of covering up that Catholic nuns do. For some reason, when all the women do it, now it's bizarre. Again, I'm young and I'm dumb, but this happened. All right. Uh, anyway, Islam was just weird. One of the first things that I learned was that it wasn't Jesus who was crucified, according to Islam. It was uh, one who looked like Jesus. And did you guys know that? I didn't know that until I looked into Islam. That that was just weird. It felt like Jesus had a stunt double or something, and that was just bizarre to me. So I didn't get much further than that. I mean, in the end, I never, ever referred to myself as a Buddhist or a Hindu or a Muslim. Uh, But for a time, I was Wiccan, right before I became satanic. Wicca really appealed. I mean, do as he will, harm none. That just sounded and the Blessed Bee was sweet music to my ears at the time. I mean, it really reminded me of the, of the Christian morals, just without the Christ figure at the head. Uh, at the time, I thought that was what I wanted. And, and this whole magic thing was new and interesting. I, I think I still might have a, an old spell book from when I was practicing. You know, coming from Catholicism, it was really easy for me to identify with this magic that this practicing. These are new prayers, new rituals, but more or less the same discipline and predictably with exactly Ouija boards are more entertaining than Bible prophecy. Turns out they are just as accurate. Now, since Wiccan spells are just as effective as Christian prayer, it took me a while to realize that I just basically traded one mythology for another. And when I did, when I realized that, I, I kind of felt duped by Wiccan. Not by Wiccan, right? Wiccans are awesome. Wiccans are great. You should hang out with all the Wiccans you possibly can. They're honestly wonderful people, but Wiccans honestly don't seem to see the resemblance between Wicca and Christianity. And so... When I eventually left Wicca, I was more than a little disenchanted, okay? Now, that's when I went to Satanism. And Satanism, i got to be honest, was 
very much like a return home for me, right? I mean, this was just basically Christianity, just pulling for the other guy, right? But the one I really liked about Satanism was that it always seemed to emphasize individuality uh, more than any of the other religions that I had looked at at the time, right? I mean, in Satanism, I really felt that I had more of a personal responsibility to have a personal moral code and to follow that, to make uh, a moral code of my own and, 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 and adhere to it as best I could. I mean, I really liked that idea, but as time went on, I found that this, uh, this juxtaposition of Satanism to Christianity was just too much. It, it, it just constantly, it was straight out of a high school musical. And, and I felt like I just graduated high school. I mean, I honestly had really just kind of graduated high school. So I thought that maybe since I got my diploma from Christianity, maybe it was time for me to get my diploma from Satanism, from Satanism as well. Now, um, at this point, um, I decided to reflect on all the different religions that I had looked at, and now, looking back at me, looking back that I had barely tipped my toe into the pool of religion, but this might as well be a good, as good a place as any to like stop and reflect on a journey uh, taken thus far. You know, what I quickly realized was that in every religion, I'm going to like certain things and I'm going to dislike other things. And the good things that I was going to like in each religion uh, were also those things that I also liked in Christianity. You know, one of the things that I also noticed is that I, as I'm looking around, as I'm, as I'm looking at other people, as I'm talking to people of, of different faiths, is that a lot of people just seem to take the good bits of their religion and discard parts that they don't like. Right? Right? Like, it just seems to me like everybody in every religion does exactly this. They find the things about their religion that they like. They hold on to those things. And the rest of the religion, eh, we just toss that to the side. Why not do that for all the religions, right? Why not think all the religions as different bits at a buffet and just make my place, make my religion of the things that I like. I'll just get a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and I'm just going to skip the salad bar altogether. <laughs> right? Just like you do at a buffet. Right? That's, that's what you do at buffets, isn't it? It's what I was going to do at this buffet. So, uh, but then, uh, once I got my new beliefs, I was really excited. I was really excited. This is going to be the best religion ever. It has to be, right? Because it's got the best parts of all the other religions that I've looked at before, right? What do I call it? What do I name this? What, what, what is this delectable dish of, uh, of belief that you had in front of you there, Andrew? Well, I guess I'll call it me-ism. Get it? Me-ism. Ah, yeah, I was super clever. Maybe uh, I should have called it Scientology or something. Meism was sadly due. <laughs> as, you, as you may have guessed, meism was really, really 
doomed from the get from the get go. I could never really get my dogma right. I would taste things, I would have to put them back, I'd have to go back and I'd have to get more things. My Bible was just as full of contradictions as the original for sure was. You know, many of the religions that I was trying to meld in my head just did not want to play nice together and most of all I had the worst time ever trying to explain my beliefs to anyone else. Right? I'm still trying to have discussions about belief and faith and religion with a whole bunch of people. Now I'm trying to explain my smorgasbord uh, set of beliefs and just describing it as meism was super clear, right? I mean, I just could not describe it to anyone else. But I think it was mostly because I could barely explain them to myself. Of course I could. I mean, I didn't believe in Buddhism, but I sure did want the symbol of my religion to be a happy fat guy, right? I didn't believe in Krishna, but I found a horny blue dude with flutes to be freaking cool. But magic is abundant. Ghosts and spirits are real. Demons are fighting for my soul. I've got a soul R ray gun. Get it? Soul R for my soul ray gun. Man, I thought I was clever. <laughs> no, I was not. You know, eventually, when I found my own religion, uh, that's really when I realized that I was just going to have to lose all of this religious nonsense. None of this was going to make any sense. None of this was going to fit well together. It was all just the end. What was it that I was going to believe? How was I going to know if it was real or not, right? This is the part of my story when I actually start to care if the things that I believe are true or not, right? Because if you're picking things from a smorgasbord of religion, how can you possibly do that and be concerned about whether or not your beliefs are true, right? That I needed a method, right? I had to have a method of being able to determine what was actually real, not what felt good, not what made me happy, not what made me comfortable. This is the part of the story when I realized that beliefs that make me comfortable aren't necessarily true. This is the part of the story when I realized that that first step, way back even before Jesus came, that day when I went to the library to fact-check something, that was the only time I'd ever done anything in the story where I found something that's true. I found that the thing that is true is that you cannot put the world's population into a landmass and have everybody have an acre of land, right? I was able to go and find those facts. How did I do? I had to do research on my That's where I started. That's how it happened. It, all of the other beliefs now had to measure up to that same level of scrutiny. That's now the new bar. Way back. That's now the new bar. The new bar is not whether or not it feels good. The new bar is now whether or not I can verify it. 
based on facts, based on reality, with evidence. This is the day when that became a, an important thing to me, when I finally gave up the religion that I made up for myself. Not when I gave up the religion that had been handed to me uh, from, from my parents. That's the day. And then, once you start trying to fact-check all of your beliefs, especially your God beliefs, especially religious beliefs, once you start trying to fact-check those, I don't know how you can possibly remain a believer. Right? Once you realize that faith isn't a virtue, it's a blinder when you have to, I think, let go of God, put your God beliefs aside, and embrace reality. And that's what happened to me. That's how I got here. Right? That's what... And, and the thing that strikes me most about the end of my apostasy journey is that I hear a lot of things about angry atheists. Atheists tend to be angry because we feel that we've been duped for our entire lives uh, into believing things that aren't true. But I, I, I can't hold that anger. I, I just can't. Because the people that fooled me were fooled themselves. The people that fooled me were my parents, teachers. These people are some of these smartest most reasonable, most logical, most rational people that you can ever meet. And the only time that they don't employ that reason, that rationality, is when it comes to their religious beliefs, because it's comforting. And I, I, I'd have to blame people for wanting to be comfortable in order to be angry at them. I, I, I can't get that. I can't. I understand wanting to be comfortable. I understand wanting so bad for this to be true that you will jump through enormous flaming hoops just to make it real, just to find a way to shoehorn it into your life. I know. I tried to shoehorn a hundred, not a hundred, I tried to shoehorn at least six <laughs> different religions into my belief system and hold on to them all at once. I really honestly think that the reason people hold on to beliefs is because they want to be comfortable. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to be comfortable? Would you rather be comfortable? Would you rather understand the world as it truly is around you? Would you rather be comfortable? Would you rather be right? I'd rather be right. I'd rather know what I know and understand how I know what I know and be comfortable and ignorant. That, that would be me. And I'm not going to blame someone if they'd rather be comfortable and ignorant than be uncomfortable and informed. But when it comes to making choices about how it affects others' reality, um, I think that's where that comfort gets to end. We can all be comfortable in our little bubbles until our bubbles interact with other people. That's fine. Okay? That's the separation of church and state is really important. And a whole bunch of things. All right. So, that 
will be my G conversion story. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you like it. Listen, uh, thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks so much for putting up with my story. I really enjoyed telling it again. If you have suggestions for the show, topics you want me to talk about, you should go and find me on Facebook, send me a friend request, send me a message. Like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable, send me a message on the Atheist Roundtable fan page. Or if you want to help support the show, get in touch with me, and uh, we'll make you a sponsor for the Atheist Roundtable page, just like my good friend Ray, who's going to be a supporter for the show. Thanks so much, Ray. You are my best friend. Yes, you are. And I am positive that your genitals beat all of the other genitals that are out in the world or some other uh, saving atheist supplies. I'm not Noah. I can't do that. But thanks so much for listening. Thanks for so much for joining me. Uh, I'm going to end the show here. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other because God isn't here. We are. Good night. Oops. Outro. There we go. Like the fan page for the Atheist Roundtable at slash Atheist Roundtable on Facebook or find your host at slash Andrew the Atheist. Send all of your email to andrewtheatheist at gmail.com. This podcast is the official podcast of atheists, humanists, and agnostics of the Wabash Valley. Find us on Facebook for monthly meetups. Music for this episode is provided, as always, by Dick Richards. Thank you, Dick. God is here. We are. Take care of yourselves.